This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, what is going on? Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and I'm here with my good friend, Wendell Watson. I want to say real quick, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Steve. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for making time to be here. I'm really excited just to share some of your testimony, some of your conversation, um, and some of what God is doing in your life today. So I just really appreciate it. So um, yeah, don't go away. We're going to have a great time talking to Wendell. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. And uh, so just enjoy as we talk about some of the things God's been doing in your life. Uh, Wendell, just a little bit of background for people who may be like, man, that guy looks familiar. Um, You were an educator for how many years? 30. 30 30 years. years. Yeah. And you wound up with your career being the principal at MacArthur High School. Yes, sir. What were some of the other stops along the way? Well, I started off teaching when Edgewood was still a high school. Okay. I did my first two years teaching physical science and PE at Edgewood. And then I spent two years at Holmes teaching history. Then I went to Medina Valley for five years yeah. teaching special ed. And then I went to Roosevelt for a period of nine years okay. teaching history again there. And then I moved to MacArthur as assistant principal and then got the principalship when the principal that was there died. Yeah. The, man, getting the principal, being the principal, that's a big deal. Yeah. 3,000 kids and 3,000 kids. Mm-hmm. When you look back at your time at Mac as principal, how many years were you there? Uh, 13, a, actually, at Mac. Okay. And as principal, how many years? Uh, Walter so, Howard was before me, and he got sick. He got a wow. non-lymphoma cancer yeah. in the late 90s, so I became acting principal in 1999. And then I retired in 2005. So officially, okay. I guess you could say six years. About six years. Mm-hmm. What's something when you look back at Mac that you're kind of proud of? What would? Well, I'm from a personal standpoint. What really touched my heart yeah. was when the kids knew I was retiring. At our graduation, they gave me a standing ovation. Oh, man, that's cool. And that really touched my heart from a personal standpoint. Just the relationships with those kids and teachers, it was off the chart. You know, I often said I had no issues at all. I could probably still be principal there with the kids and teachers because they were fantastic. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, well, um, when we got to go to lunch a couple weeks ago, and I want to thank you, uh, we went to lunch I was I was wanting to catch up in person. You had recently made a very generous donation to Very Bold, which was just a beautiful, uh, beautiful gift and really touched my soul. So thank you so much for that. And it's going to help us to do the things that God has called us to do. But I was just having such a great time hanging out mm-hmm. and hearing some of the story of what God has done in your life mm-hmm. and how your life was kind of one way. It was fine. It was good. Mm-hmm. But then how God sort of elevated it. And now you're pastoring. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us, can you take us back to just that difference that God made in your life? Well, yeah, I can. Um I'd often made the comment that if I weren't an educator or weren't a principal, I would like to be a pastor. Yeah. And when I made that statement, I'm pretty sure God remembered it. 
<laughs> so the next thing I know, um, after my wife and I had retired, her name was Denny Watson. She mm-hmm. was an elementary school teacher. And we retired. Right after our retirement, she got diagnosed with a melanoma on the back of her right eye. Which I just never heard of. We hadn't either. Yeah. Yeah, that was a total shock. Yeah. Uh, so they went in and they did this um, procedure where they reversed the eye oh and they gosh. put radiation rods on it for exactly 96 hours. That just sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, at the end of 96 hours, they reversed the eye, you know, take off the rods, reverse the eye. And we thought we were in the clear. We would go uh, periodically, you know, twice a year for checkups to make sure it, you know, it hadn't come back or hadn't spread anywhere. And so every year, checkups were good. Checkups were good. Yeah. Always went with her. So it was about the sixth year after she had been diagnosed with a, a melanoma on the back of her eye mm. that she had a, a checkup. And I said, you know, everything is good. You know, I'm I'm going to do something else. I'm, I can't go with you today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? I got a call mm. about an hour later after she had been seen by the doctor that it had come back. Mm. And of all the times not to go, I always felt bad about that. But I truly felt like, you know, she was going to be fine. Right. Well, it had, it showed up in her pancreas, the melanoma mm. on her pancreas. Mm. So what we did was we went with a procedure that the doctors recommended called a Whipple procedure. Okay. Where they actually go in and remove part of your pancreas. Okay. Now, she had had several previous operations for other issues, and we we kind of noticed that she was really kind of struggling after surgeries. You know, the anesthesia and stuff, mm. it was just taking her a while. Uh, looking back at it, you can kick yourself and go, well, the, we probably needed to do the procedure, yes, because otherwise it would have just spread. But the day we did it, we did it on a Thursday and the hospitals were short-staffed, mm. you know, on the weekend. And so, anyway, not I'm not, not discrediting doctors right. or hospitals or anything like right. that. It was just one of those unfortunate things, looking back on it. Well, maybe we'd have done the surgery on a Monday or a Tuesday. Okay. But um, anyway, she never really recovered from the surgery. Wow. She died on Mother's Day, on 2000, Mother's Day. Yeah, 2012, mm. which is kind of hard on my daughter because you know that's mother's day and that's yeah. the day she'll also remember that her that her mom died yeah well the thing that i that i take from this and go boy god does you know take a takes a negative and turns it into a positive it's like jesus's death i mean that was one of the most horrible yeah. things to go through yet absolutely he, it turned out to be the greatest thing for men and mankind because right. he died for our sins so that we have eternal life so by her having that disease what had happened at the moment that her heart stopped, the family was in the room, her best friend was with her on one side of the bed, and I was on the other side of the bed. And at the moment that her heart stopped, that right eye that had been closed for days, mm. all of a sudden opened up. Wow. And you could see that she was seeing something. Yeah. And so, wow. I mean, looking back at it, I just feel like what she did was she was seeing Jesus at that point. She was moving on. She was going to be happy. Yeah. And so that moment right there just inspired me to go find out what just happened. What did she just go through? Wow. And so I started reading everything I could, everything I could on death and people that had had near-death experiences and heaven and everything. And it just kept 
getting more and more where it was just taking my heart. Yeah. And so then I was asked to do a class. I mentioned the church, I guess. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. At Northern yeah. Hills. Yeah. United Methodist Church. And I taught a class for several sessions on dying. You yeah. know, what can we expect? You know, what happens when we die was the name of the class. And so it was full. I mean, the class would fill up because yeah. people are interested people in what know. happens. Right. And so the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about what you go through when you die, but a lot of people have written books because they have seen the other side, so to speak. Yeah. So it was just going back and reading through those books that I realized that at that particular moment, there were angels in that room with her. Mm. I mean, she she had angels surrounding her, yeah. and she had Jesus to help her on the other side. And when she actually died, she was seeing all that. I mean, it was just like a, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know, that wow factor. And that most of the books that I had read and read a lot of individual accounts, not a single one of them wanted to come back. Every yeah. single one that had seen the other side saying, I'm fine right here. I yeah. don't need to go back to earth. Right. You know? So I kind of felt reassured to know that she was fine. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us tell us more about what you found out. I would love just to hear more. You're a teacher. You're a gifted mm-hmm. teacher. <laughs> and I love gifted teachers because they, they're going to research and find things. Mm-hmm. And I know that if some people had taught that class – there would be a, a certain group of people, and they would come around. But I know because you're a gifted teacher, that group was big and stayed big. And I know you, you chose a great subject. But tell us more about just what stood out to you. Go ahead and share, even if it's just what you've kind of gathered, mm-hmm. um, what, you know, what you taught and what you can tell us. Well, and let me make this point yeah. clear. This isn't biblical. You know, yeah, when, I, yeah. when I talk about this with everybody, I say this is human speaking. Right. This isn't, you know, where it says, you know, in the Bible exactly what happened. So we have to go with that premise of knowing that, right. you know, it can be, well, it's humans. And you know how humans It's, it's think. humans. Right. And we know that there are stories of people that have written books. Mm-hmm. And then they've come out later and said that was fabricated. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the title of that one book that became, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, that was just made up. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, I totally respect and appreciate that. These are human stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you've learned. Well, what it what it all kind of boiled down to was they were all of the opinion that heaven is there. Yeah. You know, you don't just die and go away. Yeah. You know, there is another life. Yeah. And so either you're going one place or the other. Okay. And what the other thing that I found fascinating was almost all of them mentioned angels. You know, they mm. angels were in the room. And what I thought was intriguing yeah. was one particular book said that angels will start to appear to the person that's about to meet Jesus about a month ahead of time. Wow. You know, and that's so, so interesting. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, again, not biblical, right, but right, right, this is right. just a person's right. opinion. Some testimonies. So right. it, it just kind of calms the person. Now, what I also found in that book was that sometimes the angels will will give you permission to talk about it, and sometimes they'll say, no, you know, okay. you don't need to say anything about this. Another thing – That's so interesting too, mm-hmm. yeah. You, it makes you wonder why. Yeah. Another thing was when they were talking about the angels, they would say that the angel was never at the foot of the bed. Okay. That, that spot was always reserved for Jesus. That's so, yeah, fascinating. So they kind of knew what, this was Jesus' spot at the yeah. foot. And I, 
I just want to make sure everybody knows this is people talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from the Bible, but uh, these are testimonies. But I know right. that you probably read a mm-hmm. lot of different mm-hmm. stories and compared and yeah. contrasted, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just one person no, saying no, that no. Jesus would, you know, that spot is reserved for Jesus. That's mm-hmm. more than one people that are mm-hmm. testifying. That that's really interesting. All right, go and on. And so another one that I yeah. thought was really interesting for me, and it, and it did get medical. It was written yeah. by a neurosurgeon. Yeah. who had actually foo-pawed this. As a neurosurgeon, he would have people that were on death's door, literally, yeah. and they would come back and they would make it, and they would say things to him like, wow, you should have seen what I've seen. And he would foo-paw them. Yeah. He would say, yeah. no, I don't believe in that. You just He'd, were under the yeah. effects of anesthesia. You know, you were, you know, having a brain hemorrhage. Right. You know, that right. wasn't normal. Right. And then all of a sudden. Crazy. He, yes. He got sick. He got an amoeba in the brain. And so I think, I don't, you, I'm sure my numbers is wrong, but I, okay. I do remember it was like point zero 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 one percent chance he had of living. Whoa. And, and above that chance, the chances of ever being normal again were probably real small. Yeah. But not only did he recover, but he came back. Now, <laughs> what was interesting about this yeah. is he would speak to these big doctor's conferences. He would be the keynote speaker. Yeah. And where he used to foo-paw this, now when he would give his speech, the book says – that when he goes in to speak, he will talk about the medical aspect, the scientific yeah. aspect. But now he'll say, but don't forget the spiritual aspect of this. Wow. Because he had seen it and he had come back. So it was kind of like an eye opener. So That's I don't, incredible. Yes. I mean, I love God's kind of almost sense of humor. Not mm-hmm. that uh, illness is funny at all, but it's kind of the one guy who is got mm-hmm. medically qualified and is saying, oh, that's that didn't mm-hmm. happen, and mm-hmm. then he goes through it himself. Yeah. And I thought that, too, interesting because he obviously is a chief neurosurgeon and a yeah. guy that's called him to do that probably wasn't lacking for money in any way. So he, why would he make this stuff up right. You know, just for the purpose of making money? That's a good point, so, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a motive, right? right? Yeah, right. that's really good. Uh, yeah. So I, I took more credibility with that to say, you know, yeah. he's this is a guy that – wasn't going to lose anything just keeping quiet you know right in fact he'd probably yeah lose something right. if he speaks out right because some of his friends and people that are still mm-hmm. going to say Psh, whatever mm-hmm. are he's going to lose some of those relationships maybe some of the respect along the way but mm-hmm. god is going to use that in a different way for people who are going to be willing to listen to him exactly incredible mm-hmm. all right tell us more wendell this is awesome man i know you taught this a while ago but i just want to hear more of uh, some of the things you learned from your research well the, the the thing just kept getting better and better the more i read into yeah. it the more i realized that this is a real spot we're in yeah you know, in other words people that are fearful of death yeah don't have to be fearful of death if they if they believe in god and they believe right. in jesus and they accept jesus as their savior right because there is going to be a great life on the other side of death yeah and so for people that are fearful of that they don't have to be anymore yeah which uh, I thought was – that's really cool. If you've ever been afraid of death, right. lose that fear. Lose that fear. And, and I truly think a lot of people that took the class did so uh, – one, I think they wanted to know what these people were saying. But yeah. two, to lose that fear. Because yeah. I do think some people have a fear of death and don't oh, want to sure. go through that. So yeah. That was interesting too. Oh, there are other is. books. There was another book I read that was just a – 
it was a feel-good story. It was like where they miracles would happen that could not have been any other thing but the Holy Spirit or a you know an angel or somebody yeah. performing that deed. And so all of these were just like wow, feel-good stories. Yeah, you know, to make you feel like this is okay. This is going to be okay. So it made me feel a whole lot better about my wife knowing. Yeah. That when that eye opened like that, yeah, and what she saw was more than likely Jesus there to greet her, yeah, and the angels there to help her in that transition period, and I didn't have to worry about her anymore. It would just be a matter of I'll see you later. You right, <laughs> right. Wow, that is fantastic. So you took that. Somebody else might have interpreted that a different way, but for you, what God was doing in your heart was saying, "Look, you don't have to be afraid." You don't, I mean, she's got great things. Mm -hmm. And then you did all this research. What were some of the other things that you found in your research that how people describe what they experienced? Can you remember? Uh, Well, let me go to, can I go down this path for just a second? Yeah. Yeah, Because (laughs) as I was doing all this research, I had a next door neighbor who was a pastor. Yeah. And, what was great about this is after my wife had died, he would come over, and he, his wife are obviously great Christian people. Yeah. And we would start doing Bible studies together, and we would start looking at all this, and we would start putting all this together. And that comment I made earlier about where God, where I said to God, you know, if I wasn't a teacher or a principal, <laughs> I'd like to be a pastor. Yeah. He had started – over at Independence Hill, what is called Second Ark Ministries. His name is David Eureka, and his wife is named Betty. Okay. And as we would get more and more into Bible study, the more and more this just all proved a point. I mean, it was like, wow. I'd always been a believer, always been to church. Yeah. I I think what I learned was I was going to the church for wrong reasons. Okay. Uh, What I mean by that is I was going to church because I didn't want to upset God. You know, I wanted to say, oh, if I miss church on Sunday, I'm going to have a bad week because God is going to punish me. That's so far from the truth, it's not even funny. Yeah. But David and Betty, as we did more and more Bible studies, all of a sudden a position became open for me to start preaching at That's, Independence Hill. Wow. And so this this is one of those what you just said moments. It's a yeah. wow moment. Yeah. I went over there and we would we it was small. I mean it, it started off probably as about thirteen or fifteen people. Okay. David had actually started that ministry years ago and what was interesting is he would sometimes go in and there would be zero people there. Wow. He would preach to his wife. That is so faithful. Uh-huh. That is obedience uh-huh. to God. Right. You know, during a dry time when it's like, well, maybe we should just stop. Mm-hmm. And he, he kept going. He kept going. And his wife. And yeah. he kept going. And it started to grow little by little, yeah. little by little. Well, anyway, when I got there about seven years ago, we, seven were, years ago. we were in a little bitty room. It was called Artisan's Alley, Artistic Alley. It's a little, kind of like a little, has four tables in it. Okay. And so we would have about 13 or 15 people in there max. Well, we started growing. That was just fantastic. What, wow. What God was doing and Jesus was doing and with help from the Holy Spirit, we, we got up to 45, 46, 47 people. That's amazing. And we had to move into a different room. And so we got so full for that room, we had to put them across the hall, you know, where they could kind of be in the little snack bar looking across where they could hear. So 
we were growing it, it was just so fantastic because we gave it all to God. You know, we just let God lead us in whatever way he wanted to. What, did, what does that mean to you, just give it to God? What did that mean in the, this case? It makes it easy for me. Yeah, <laughs> it means good. I don't worry about it. In that's other words, good. I just said, God, where do you want me to go with my next sermon? Yeah. And there would be times where I, I might not know where I was going with the next sermon. You know, but all of a sudden an idea would pop in my head. I remember one day I didn't have an idea for the coming Sunday, and I was out mowing my yard, and all of a sudden, bing, the idea just popped into my head, and I went, thanks. You know, that's yeah. exactly what I, where I want to go. So, right. uh, and, and what another thing about all yeah. this that's it's amazing to me is that you get little God affirmations Let's along hear. the way. I want to hear about it, yeah. Well, for example – I don't think things happen as coincidences. Yeah. I, I think they, they happen because the Holy Spirit uses you. For example, yeah. let me talk about our latest topic that I've been preaching on at Independence Hill. It's, we're going to be in part seven on this Sunday. But it started off preaching about loving God, yeah. loving our God. And the whole idea, the whole premise there is I think people – in the past maybe or still do fear god they think god is going to punish us yeah. that he's that nun at catholic school about to hit you on the knuckles with the ruler right or he's going to punish your kids or your grandkids or somebody because of you doing something wrong and when you stop and this realize that that's not what god is right. god is not the punisher satan is the one that creates the mm, evil mm. and does all the harm in the world right but god is wonderful but this is what i mean about these little affirmations yeah so i'm doing this sermon series getting ready to start it i think i've already done one or two sermons on it and all of a sudden our neighbor across the street brings this book over she doesn't know what we're doing in church yeah. It was just fantastic. It was called Fearless by Max Lucada. Love it. You know, have you read the book? No, no, I haven't, but I just love what God is doing. Yeah, but, and Max Lucada is great. So. And the other thing that I, I found was that there, w- there was another book that I enjoyed, and some it's called The Misunderstood God. Yeah. And it's written by a pastor. His last name is Hubbard, I believe. Yeah. And his whole thing is that maybe churches throughout the years have taught us to fear God in the real sense of the way we fear mm, things. And mm-hmm. reality, if you look at that fear, maybe we that's supposed to be awe and respect. Let's look at God yeah. from awe and respect. But the whole thing is God loves us because yeah. he's our father. And so the book is full of little incidences where he would say, a loving father, would he cause grief to his kids? Right. Like, for example, would he deny – if would he deny mercy to his kid because you didn't obey me? Right. You know, so it's the whole book is based on loving our God and not fearing our God. And so between that book showing up at my house yeah. and the misunderstood God that I had already read and was doing a series on loving our God, it was like, wow, yeah, there's that little affirmation again. That's exactly what he wants us to talk about. Right. Then – Throw yeah. in, and our we do a Bible study every Monday also. So you do church, you preach Sunday morning, and then you come back Monday and do a Bible study. Two church services on Monday, two church on Sunday, That's and right. then two Bible studies on Monday. Wow! And then, but in Bible study, we had started doing Matthew. Yeah. 
and it's all based on new covenant stuff. You yeah. know, God's had his covenants, old covenants out, the new covenant in, you know, with yeah. Jesus dying on the cross for us. We've got this new covenant, this new way of looking at things. So we're doing Matthew, and we're looking at new covenant, and it starts talking about Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And what does he say? First word out of his mouth, love. Yes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, body, and soul. Right. You know, wow, that's right exactly what we've been talking about. That's good. And so you take that with what we've been doing, and then you look at Paul in his letters, and he says, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. love. Yeah. And you get the theme. You get the theme. Yeah. So the whole point of our ministry right now is truly to glorify God and bear good fruit. Yeah. I, I keep telling our people, because you've got to be 55 or older to be in you know, Independence Hill. And, and Independence Hill has been great, you yeah. know, just giving us the facilities and everything. They've been fantastic. The director there is a Mac graduate, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Love it. They have been great doing that. But uh, glorify God's name and bear good fruit. So now we're talking about, well, how do you glorify God's name? I yeah. mean, it's easy to say. But how do you do it? Yeah. Well, by showing the love that God has for us to others. Yeah. That's how you glorify his name. Yeah. So there's no question about it. People know, like the song, they'll know we are Christian by our love. That's right. You know, so it just it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. I think hope everybody gets this. So I've told them, I want you to walk out of our church every single Sunday. I want you to walk out of your apartment every single mm. day on a love cloud, mm. knowing that that relationship with God it's based just like – do you remember your first kid romance? You yeah. remember the first girlfriend you ever had? Yeah. I can remember it plain as day. Yeah, yeah. Being in middle school yeah. and liking a girl. And, man, you woke up thinking about her and you went to bed thinking right. about her. And when you came home – you know, we had one phone, and it had a long extension cord back in the day. <laughs> right, right, And I would right. take it into my room, and I would talk to her for hours yeah. on the phone. I would just tie up the phone. Yeah. And there were times where you wouldn't say anything at all to her at all. I mean, it was just silence. Yeah. But it was okay because you knew she was on the other side. Right. So I said, telling our guys, have that relationship with God, just yeah. like that love you have when you met your wife or your first girlfriend or whatever, those love – that you've had during your time, yeah, that should be God on steroids. You know, <laughs> that should be God yeah. on, with a multiplier in there, like right. a, a bazillion. Right. And that's how you should feel. Mm. You should be walking on that love cloud every single day, knowing that God's not out to punish you. Mm. Well, he's got our back. That's good. He wants Wendell. only the best for us. Yeah. So that's what's kind of – it's kind Man. of – you can see it. It's almost like sermons over the years. I, yeah. I look back on something I've, I've done, and I went, wow, I don't know if I believe that anymore now because God loves me so much. Well, yeah. I had talked once about God's wrath. Well, God's wrath was Old Covenant stuff. Yeah. You know, New Covenant stuff, God loves us. I mean, he didn't have to punish us anymore. Jesus died for our sins. So right. let's get on that love cloud with him. So I'm I'm encouraging everybody to take that love journey yeah. and just knowing that God is That's in control. Good. He's got our back. Good. There's no reason to fear him in any way. Yeah. Because what good what good father right. you know harms his children. Right. There's no way. Right. So Man, that's powerful. Wow. Well, you've been teaching and preaching with us, and um, I want to wrap it up just by saying this. Um, I just want to catch people up to date. Uh, you are now remarried. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little bit, tell us a little bit okay. uh, yeah. about Actually, that? Okay, yeah. Actually, this is God working again. Yeah. Uh, 
my wife died in 2012, and for six years, no dates, no yeah. calls, yeah. no nothing. I'm yeah. just, you know, I tell everybody I've got God, granddaughter, and golf. I called them my three Gs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so great. as long as I kept it in that perspective, I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I had God, granddaughter, and golf. And then um, come to find out, uh, I have a friend that um, we didn't do things with this couple. Yeah. I mean – we knew him from the golf course. Yeah. And so she came up to me one day. It was a it was an afternoon and I'd gone out to play golf and she and her husband were just finishing and she I said hi to him and how are y'all doing and she made the comment that uh I have a friend yeah. that I would like for you to meet. Would you be okay with that? And really and truly, I think in my heart I was thinking, no, you know, I really don't want to go through that dating <laughs> process again. That's yeah. You know, I'll, I'm too old for that. You know, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. But I, I said, sure, you know. Well, I didn't think anything about it. And about the next week, just by sheer chance, I'm going to play golf. She and her husband are walking off the course, the same exact yeah. place. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And she said, well, are you still okay with meeting that person? And I said, yeah, okay. And so she gave me the number. And I waited a couple of days because, you know, I can – I mean, I've got sweaty palms right now just thinking about <laughs> trying to make a call to somebody that's a right. perfect stranger to Right, you. right. Well, come to find out, we did meet. We met at what was then local coffee. Uh-huh. It's no longer local coffee. But I had a church meeting that night with the people from Northern Hills. Yeah. You know, that group, senior pastor and all of them. Yeah. And so that supper was going to be at 6, and I was meeting this lady at 4, <laughs> and I, I told them – I'll probably be at supper, but if this is really good, I'm going to call you and tell you I can't make it. That's great. So sure enough, at 6, I texted him and said, I can't make it. You let Bill know. It's going good. (laughs) It's going good. Well, come to find out her husband had died in 2013 Mm. of cancer also. Wow. And so we look back at our life, and they're just totally paralleled the whole way, all the way down to we're both B-negative blood types. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is amazing. Oh, my So her name is Mary Lynn. And she has truly been just a blessing. So, Oh, that's incredible, Wendell. And uh, I want you to say hi to Kelly for me as well. She's okay. doing good, right? Kelly's doing fine. Okay. Kelly and Hunter, our, our granddaughter, yeah. she's 13. And they're in Colorado right now. They're in they're, Colorado. They're enjoying vacation. Oh, my gosh. So that's great. Wonderful son-in-law, Eric. He's a, he's a good guy. So. Yeah. Well, Wendell, um, this has been awesome. You're going to look at the clock and be surprised that we talked for 30 minutes. <laughs> That was great. That was great. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going into the podcast. And if you're on Facebook right now, uh, we'll finish with Wendell. And this goes on the podcast for radio on KSLR AM 630. Mark, the marksman, cuts it down to about 25 minutes. And uh, But, yeah, for the podcast, let's hear bonus. This is bonus, bonus content right now. When David and I would start these Bible studies and we would just sit down and start talking, we yeah. would go to each – we lived right next door. So yeah. we'd knock on the door and say, hey, let's talk about this for a minute. I want a Bible verse I want to talk with you about 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, we would start talking about that. 
and we would look up, and it would be three hours <laughs> later. It was like, That's wow, great. where That's did that great. go? So that reminds me yeah. of exactly of those moments. Yeah, well, I love that hunger that you have for Jesus, that hunger for God's Word as a gifted teacher and pastor and preacher. It's just beautiful to see. And then for you to share that with uh, your congregation at Independence Hill is just – it's incredible. So as I'm uh, – I've got – I'm finishing up at uh, River City Church, New Braunfels as youth pastor August 1. And uh, I'm going to continue. We love that church. That's our ch- our church. But I'm going to be visiting other churches as well. So I'm looking forward to visiting your church oh, on great. a Sunday morning. I can't wait. That would be great. Wendell, you are a true light in this world. You are a blessing, and you're a blessing to me and to what God has called me to do. Um, and I want to be a blessing to you because you're just doing incredible things. And I love – I just see the light and life of Jesus in your eyes, <laughs> and it, it blesses me to just no end. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Anything else you just want to say before we sign off? This is great. Steve, you know, I've always admired you and looked at you as just a great believer in Jesus, and you've always been so positive, and thank you for having me, but thank you for being you. Well, thank, thank you for you. being very bold ministry. So thank it's you, Wendell. awesome to know you and have you as my friend. Thank you, man. I count it just a big blessing, and it's just awesome to see what God is doing in your life. So thank you, Wendell. Thank you, Steve. All right. Uh, man, what you've talked about today, Wendell, ties in perfectly with Very Bold Ministries, which comes from 2 Corinthians 3.12. Paul is talking about the great hope that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hope and the unfading glory of God and to think about Denny and God doing something for her but was also for you. And it wasn't – it was comfort for her, but you saw it and it comforted you and kind of sparked in you something that then you're sharing with other people, pastoring other people, giving them that true and living hope is incredible. And that's what Paul talked about, and this is where uh, our ministry name comes from, and this is what you're doing. It's Second Corinthians 3.12. Real quick, you can email me, steve at verybold.com. Um, man, have you not been blessed by Wendell today? I have been blessed. Um, I have been blessed. So, But this is what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12. And this is what you have. And I want you to have it, that love that he's talking about. Walk in the freedom and light today. Even if it's hard for you to believe, you may hear lies saying, no, you're the one who God doesn't love. You may hear lies saying, no, he's got wrath for you. Would you just ask God today just to help you to walk in the freedom and light, can you just imagine that it is God's love in Jesus Christ, that you are loved? And every little lie that you hear, would you just say, no, for God so loved me that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. No matter what lie comes, what negative thought comes, would you just stop and say, no, John three sixteen, for God so loved not only the world, God so loved me, for God so loved you that he gave his only only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, for you, not to condemn you, not to condemn the world, but to save you. And when he did that, he gave you his his Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, is in you, living in you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That is hope. So I want you to walk in the freedom and light. And even if you're just like, I can't do it, Steve, I want you to ask Jesus right now. I want you to ask him, help me today to walk in the freedom. Everything I do, every decision I I go through, anything I want to think, wait a second, 
God sent his son for me because he loves me. You are loved, and that is great hope. And I want you to walk in that freedom and that light today. So the Apostle Paul, he was talking about that in 2 Corinthians 3.12. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.